Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Up and at him. It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. With Walker and Roush. We are too wild and crazy guys. Good morning and welcome into Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. I'm Nick Frouse. That's Justin Kalen here on your Monday, April 12th, hanging out, talking sports, talking shop without Terry Walkie, Chicken Terry Walkie, TJ Walker. The sports talker is feeling a little under the weather, so it's just going to be Justin Kalen and uh, hanging out with you today, but don't worry, we have plenty to talk about and First things first, let's just everybody give a round of applause to Justin Kalen. Wow. Just well done, Justin. You did it, buddy. Well, you didn't do it. You almost did it with our man, Bill Zalatoris. Will Zalatoris. It's Bill. <laughs> William Billiam. Um, but, dude, you. So I will not give you entire credit for it. Because Adam Lucky was also in on Zalatoris, but man, shoot your shot, buddy. Well done calling that. Who said it first, me or Luckett? I heard I, I Luckett gave me that one on Wednesday or oh. whenever we recorded. So it was a day before, but you all were on the same wavelength. So um, I got to give you all both a shout out. Well, hopefully Luckett bet Zalatoris to finish top five because that would have been some coin and I didn't bet it. So. Yeah, you just went straight for the win, but your recommendation, I picked him in my pool, and for the first time ever, I, I finished in the money. I came in second. So Come on. Let's go. Uh, and you know what? We could have had some uh, – Matsuyama, he messed around a little bit on that last hole, made it interesting, uh, was was one stroke away from getting a playoff with Zalatoris. So th- th- there wasn't, though, just in the typical uh, last day of the Masters – uh, kind of drama because Matsuyama was so good. And it felt like every time another player had a shot to make a run, they would just immediately mess up. Yeah. I mean, that was a, let's be honest. That was a fun tournament. You had one really good performance every single day of that tournament. You had Justin Rose on that opening day. Zalatoris played really well on the second day. You had Matsuyama coming out of that rain weather delay on Saturday was one of the craziest golfer golfing experiences I've ever seen. I mean, that guy was painting some holes. No. And then, and then of course, <laughs> yesterday you had a number of guys that were charging for him. Shoffle had a great round. I thought he was going to get there oh. until he put it in the water. That, and that was the to- That was the part where it was like, okay, well, he's now he's in a spot. What's he going to do? And he immediately just hits him in the water. It was it was a very just welcome back. Let's come back down to earth kind of move by the golf gods. Yeah. No doubt. But good for Matsuyama. I mean, first Japanese guy to ever win a major. That's awesome. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. And it it was also, we had the moment in the Butler cabin, which, by the way, the Butler cabin can suck it. I d- of all of the shots of Augusta National, they have the beautiful azaleas blooming everywhere. I mean, it's just one scenic view after another. And then what do you do? You wrap it up by going inside this... I mean, Justin, it doesn't even look nice in there. It's like a very uh, kind of 
90s prefab look to it there's nothing fancy about it whatsoever it'd be different if it, there were if there's it was this big historic uh colonial kind of home it looks like they're from the outside but the inside it's kind of crappy i i hate that they have all of the niceties and luxuries of augusta national and then just we're gonna go to the butler cabin and the, it just stinks frankly it stinks suck it's it butler a, cabin it's got a fireplace in there Okay. Oh, they got a fireplace. <laughs> what do you freaking do? Do you want them to spend all their money on the course or the clubhouse? Because I would well, prefer they spend it all on the course. No, just go to a set outside or do it That's outside true. like every other tournament. I don't know why they insist on going into the Butler Cabin. That's my one my one bugaboo about the whole thing. So suck it, Butler Cabin. Um, I, I also thought, so when Matsuyama had the big Saturday, Brooke walked into the room and was like, is that old man? Is is he the one that's doing well? I was like, no, 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 no. that's his translator. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, didn't did not want to get that confused. I I always wonder with the translators too, Justin, because they typically it sounds like they're not saying as much. I know that's probably part of the language, but I wonder how many corners they cut whenever they're translating. You know, I, I'm a, I'm assuming you're talking about his interview on Saturday after his round. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, whenever yeah. they, they talk to the translator. Okay, you yeah, know? so when he met up with Jim Nance after the third round to talk about what he did during the weather delay, yeah, weather delay, I was thinking the exact same thing. Jim Nance asked him this, like, five-part question, and his translator is, and Matsuyama <laughs> answers. I was like, what? There's no way he said all that. Oh, and it's one of those things, too, that Jim, I'm, I'm sure that as a pro's pro, you're supposed to, like, you shouldn't change things up just because you have a translator to talk to. But whenever he's making the kind of small talky Jim Nance dad jokes at the beginning, it's like, you know, he's probably not going to go through that part. Right. Right. But I, I think that it played though, just because Matsuyama, uh, there was a lot of times where he was like, he could keep up with the English pretty well. And I think he would just lean on the translator when need be, because there was some times where he was just responding without even listening yeah. to the translator. So, yeah, I mean, the dude's lived here 10 years. Surely he knows some English by now. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty cool too that he. I did not. I did not realize that he was the low amateur, um, and that was the ten year anniversary of him being the low amateur. That's that's cool. It's not. Uh, it's not Tiger winning cool, but it's still a great story. Um, although I really, I desperately wanted the. Uh, I really wanted Xander to come back and win and hear Jim Nance X go and give it to you. Xander Shoffley, Masters champion. I could, I can totally see that happening, especially I mean, with X passing away this weekend. Yeah, and and it it, it 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 just had to happen. It had yeah. to happen. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I'm just scrolling through right now, and the the meme that the people did of Zalatoras with the kid from uh, Happy Gilmore is just. <laughs> If you all I haven't knew, seen this I yet. I he looked like somebody. That's hysterical. And in Zalatoris, he is American, correct? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because like that, that the way the skinny frame, the long blonde hair, Zalatoris, you could have seen him being, you know, South African or just you could have seen him being a, a foreign guy. But nope, he's American. And he looks just like the kid <laughs> who's he's not the caddy later on in Happy Gilmore. He's the one at like the first tournament where they just assign him a kid. The little blonde boy, yeah, the screw-up who... <laughs> oh, my gosh, that is so funny. I mean, he's got the schnoz and everything. And when Adam Sandler is tweeting at him, uh, 
have he Sandra tweeted, have fun today, young man. Mr. Gilmore is watching you and very proud. And <laughs> Zalatoris responded, if you ever need a caddy again, let me know. I'll be better this time. I'm always available for you, Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. That's funny. I mean, Zalatoris, too, he's probably what? A buck ten soaking wet? home if that. If I, I heard one person describe him as a one iron without the grip, you know, I mean, yeah. dude is skinny as hell <laughs> and he can smack the hell out of the golf ball. And what was impressive too, is he wasn't even putting a draw it on it or anything. So the little golf ball track tracker, it was just straight shots one yeah. after another, after another. It was, it was impressive. He'll be, he'll be a name for years to come. Trust definitely me. definitely so this was our introduction to bill zalatoris uh spieth also had a solid tournament he turned that momentum around uh so good on that guy hey i just want to say nick you gave me credit for zalatoris but how about throwing out spieth as my winner both of my guys in the top five Ooh, yeah that's good man that was well done now did you only bet them to win though i did yeah oh <laughs> see See, that's where you got to do the, the, the top fives and the top tens. I never think about the top fives and the top tens, but I need to start doing that. Yeah, I, I think this is when you learned your lesson was this weekend. Um, but uh, Spieth, is, he's back. He uh, officially, after three years of just being terrible, he, Spieth is all the way back. And you know who also is back is Bryson just being a meatball. My God, that dude just... It's really fun to cheer against Bryson DeChambeau. It's also fun to just watch him smack the hell out of the ball. It's especially fun when he just takes that big wind up in the huge swing and it goes into the rough. I he he, he did fight back to make the cut on Friday. Couldn't believe it. Which that was a heck of a rally. I had a friend who were in the Bryson uh, hate club and he bet him. He had 10 to 1 for him to miss the cut and he had to get was it four birdies in a row to make it and he yeah. did like that was so good on you bryson for gutting one out he was in the feature group on sunday did you see billy horschel's shot into the water per chance and uh, you mean his slip down the bank before his <laughs> shot in the water yes oh man wearing white pants of all pants oh man so yeah billy horschel hits it in the water and he he realizes like okay i can I can at least hit out of this thing. I'm not. I, I won't take a stroke and drop it. I, I'm gonna hit out of this bad boy. So he does the pants roll up thing, and as he's walking down to get to it, he slips and busts his butt. I mean, and it was, it was the kind where it kind of takes your breath away. Like I could feel his pain as his butt was sliding down. <laughs> In those white pants, on that green he gets grass. up immediately, looks back at his caddy, and like tries to wipe off his butt. Like, oh, there's grass stains there, buddy. Oh yeah, and like, there's also a uh, no way you're not. Like everybody saw that. It's on TV. You can't just. It's not like you're with your friends, you know, and you can just kind of walk it off after like nothing happened. That that's getting replayed over and over. And then, then he's got to actually hit out of it. And my God, like oh, that was it, impressive. He, so he got it out, but no, I'm thinking of another time. He had another time, so he gets it out, and then he hits up, and he ends up, I, I forget what's he finished in. But there was another one where he did have to take a drop, and from the drop zone, he just hit it directly into the sand. It was like, oh, Billy, like what a freaking day. That that water shot, though, was incredible. You talk about like golfers like you and I who struggle to hit it out of the sand, 
And this guy is – how? I mean, that ball was two inches in the water. I mean, it wasn't like on top of the surface, halfway sticking out. That ball was buried in the water, and he put it to within, what, 10 feet? It was incredible. Yeah, man. I just – you got to tip your cap to that guy. I mean, what a freaking day. <laughs> to, even, to be even, like – even though he's a gator. What was that? Oh, he is a gator? I didn't he know is that. A gator, But that yeah. was that's one of those where it just gets rough. And I I as much as I enjoy those little mess ups from time to time, it's so impressive some of these shots where they're in the sand and it's it's just perfect. It's perfection sometimes getting up and down or like when Matsuyama did get in trouble in sixteen, I think it was, and he had a chip from behind two trees and it's going up a slope. It sloped on each side and he just plays it perfectly off the rough to hold up. And then he just puts, I mean, easy save. I mean, these guys are so freaking good. And yeah, uh, I saw somebody who's been to the course really complaining about the CBS broadcast. Like of all, you, you still can't give a shots that show the angles and the tough hills and everything. Well, I think they did a much better job of having these big wide shots probably with drones where you could see just the slope going up to the greens. And I just tip my cap to these guys being able to get up and down on some of them because they're just this little sliver of grass on top of a hill that they're hitting up to. I don't, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. It's, it looks like a rough course. I was talking to somebody this weekend. I wouldn't personally want to play it just because I like to enjoy golf when I go out. And to me, that does not seem enjoyable having to putt a hundred times. Oh man, yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I, I'm, st I still think that it would be close though if we only putted the greens. Yeah, compared oh, to I, the I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, that's because, like, like I was saying last week, I mean, you're gonna knock one off, and then good luck chipping it back up and getting it to stop. Man, it's the course, man, and it, you know what? It looked cool to having, uh. They didn't have the grandstands, but to have the crowds of people back, I'm sure there was probably somebody out there who was, yeah, what, what are they doing so crowded together? But, you know, you got mass on. I'm sure lots of people had their shots. Um, it was it was cool seeing it look semi-normal, even though there yeah. was definitely a fraction of the people who were typically there. Uh, it's still, it was, it was great to have a big warm reception for Matsuyama on the 18th. Yeah, no, and especially coming down the stretch when Matsuyama's finishing up and you hear, I can't remember who it was, but on that par three, somebody put it a couple feet away and you and you got the roar. We hadn't got a yeah. roar on a golf course in over a year, so that was yeah, awesome. That is, we're back. We're getting close. We're yep. almost there, slowly but surely. We got more to talk about uh, from the weekend. There's more guys in the transfer portal more names that we need to keep an eye on that kentucky is looking at reaching out to uh we also have uh bobby petrino back in the news um but i wanted to start by giving a shout out to the ladies from racing lou fc who opened lynn family stadium on saturday night i know terry was feeling ill i don't know if he was able to make it out to lynn family stadium but that place looked electric they were wearing the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee kits, and they they brought it. Uh, playing the Orlando Pride, who I don't think Alex Morgan was playing, but Marta, uh, that's her team as well. They they brought their A game, and in the ninety second minute, so they're in stoppage time, trailing two to one. They have a free kick that 
it it wasn't immediately, but basically turned a free kick into a pass off a set piece, and Hendricks buried it for the draw. Which I know it's it's also like I, I still am having a hard time, Justin, getting hyped for a draw. But when you get a goal in stoppage time to even it up, like that's just that's incredible. No matter which way you cut it, I don't care if you are. It's hard for me to still get hype for that, but I will. I will gladly nod my cap and tip it to the ladies from Racing with FC. I have like three things I need to navigate through here. First of all, you said Marta's team. She's still playing. Yes. Yes. She. What is or she? she like, might be. She's got to be in her seventies. I mean, that, that chick is old. So I'll have to look. That I up. think she. Yeah, I think she she actually might be coaching uh, that team. Uh, No, nope, she's still playing. (laughs) She's still playing for them. Let's uh, let's look Marta age. She is thirty. No, she's only thirty five. Really? She's just been that good for that long. Wow. Yeah, it seems like she's been playing for forever. Second of all, back to the ties. I get that. I I get that. You're like a lot of sports fan in that that. We're not used to ties. Soccer is the only sport in hockey back in the day that has ties. But you got to think of it from a soccer perspective and points. Oh, yeah. It's if you huge. get a loss, you're getting zero points. If you get a tie, you're getting one point. One point's yeah. better than zero. No, even definitely. East Pekins even taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did learn at least one thing in school. Other than That's how, about it. Other than how to skip track practice but that's right um but shout out to the girls from racing Lou fc the women from racing Lou fc that was awesome uh glad to see people get up get hyped for that game i know they're playing again and and especially too you you want to talk about the points this is the challenge cup uh so it's it's similar to one of the tournaments that they have across all levels of soccer on the men's side that Lou City has done well in. I think they've gone all the way to the final four in that one. Uh that because they they beat it or they beat it. They they beat the Chicago uh MLS team in that tournament once upon a time. Racing Lou is at the upper tier in the division. So it's not like they're gonna be playing up in this, but it was huge to get that draw on the opening night to have a packed house um and and to get a shot to really advance in this tournament and make some noise in your first year as an NWSL team. So they're, they're playing again. I believe it's this upcoming Saturday as well in that challenge cup. So if you didn't get a chance to go out there last Saturday, I know it was raining, um, but it was that kind of cool. It was, it was just a little drizzle. It was at least warm out yesterday. The weather stunk out loud. It was cold, uh, but should be getting back into the groove of things with more spring weather around i know there's some other exciting things happening around the city of louisville this week we'll get to as well but if if the weather does act up again justin they need to head out our our listeners need to check out bobby cook golf academy because bobby cook not only you can hit the range rain or shine there and their virtual simulators they have three you could also just play around like yesterday the weather was crappy it would have been the perfect time to get the boys out there pull up the masters so you can actually swing a club. Cause there's nothing worse than when you're watching golf, you just get that itch that you want to scratch. You want to swing a club. You can kill two birds with one stone at Bobby cook golf Academy. It's off exit four, right in Southern Indiana. I mean, it's a short drive from anywhere. And if you don't want to just hang out and, and, and swing around some golf clubs, you can also get some lessons. Bobby will fix your swing. He's the best in the biz. Do it now before 
the the golf season really gets going by calling 812-913-4415 or by visiting bobbycookgolfacademy.com. That's Cook with an E, bobbycookgolfacademy.com. And just to add one thing there, Nick, we all watch golf and we watch those guys do it and we're like, man, I could hit that shot. You you almost envision hitting that exact same shot, but then you go out on the actual course and you chop it up. Bobby mm-hmm. Cook will get your stuff right so you can hit those shots that the pros hit. Oh, man. I, maybe one day. Maybe one day, Justin, that'll be you and I. But we need to take some more cuts at Bobby Cook, and we need to get to a break. Um, and we need to hear from you today, too. 502-414-1450 on the text line is how you get in touch with the show. Any and all texts. We're getting to them today. We'll be back before you know it. Now let's, let's hear from our fine friends with some messages. We'll be back after this. Don't be obsessed with your desires, Danny. The Zen philosopher Basho once wrote, a flute with no holes is not a flute. A donut with no hole. It's a Danish. He's a funny guy. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. What's the problem? Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen hanging out with you. The day after Master Sunday. And... Yeah, I, I celebrated over the weekend, Justin, by, by doing something differently. I'm usually one of these guys who likes to separate my big events with other things. So, for example, a wedding on New Year's Eve. I'm very anti against that because I'm I'm already partying once on New Year's. So I might as well like I I I, I, I can split up these parties. I, you can use a wedding over the summer as a good excuse for a party. But in some instances, it is kind of nice to have two things happening. So I made it to where Duke's birthday party at our house was during Master's Sunday. So we had the mat. It, it essentially became a master slash watch the babies play kind of party, which I mean, that's that's all you need right there. Right. And, and some some ice cold drinks, you know. I mean, it was it was a solid Sunday. I am on the mindset that I would rather have a wedding on New Year's Eve than a oh. kid's birthday party and Masters Sunday. Well, I mean, but some of it's the kid's birthday part too, where you're just like, all right, I'm out on this. Like, I know that's where your brain's at. I, I just I don't know when you brought up the whole wedding on New Year's Eve. I'm sitting here thinking that sounds pretty badass. You get it like a double party almost. See, I'm I'm the I'm the opposite way though. Like that's I I'm already going. I guess it it makes it nice to where you don't have to do the whole like you can go out on New Year's without going out if there's a wedding on New Year's Eve. You know sure. what I mean? You yeah. don't have to uh, do the bars or because New Year's kind of sucks. So I guess. I guess in that instance, it could be a cool way to to celebrate the event. But I'm just I'm typically don't like to marry my events together. 
So, but yesterday it was a nice exception. We had some friends over, saw some family that we hadn't seen since the, it was just, it was, it's good to start to see people since you haven't seen since the pandemic began. And it's kind of, it was kind of cool too. Cause at one point it was like, everybody's here has been vaccinated. Like, this is awesome. We don't have to, we don't have to worry about stuff. Like I know there's other variants and all that good stuff, but it was, it was, it was good. It feels like we're almost back, Justin. We're almost there. Yeah, that is cool when you can get together and don't have to worry about anything. But I, I also want to go back to the party slash masters. I, I think, in my opinion, Nick, I would much rather have one or the other. I would rather put my attention either on the on the birthday party or on the masters. I don't know that I could have sat there, threw down some beers, and concentrated on both. Oh well, you're you're taking golf way too seriously because it's you can casually oh, watch absolutely. golf. It's the masters, Nick. But, yeah, I mean, but what, you, you can casually you watch. Serious. No, but like you can casually watch, and you can also take it seriously if need be. I mean, it's it was basically like I I don't think yeah it takes much to be that locked in to every shot. Like you can you can do both. I'm I'm pretty sure East Peacons taught you to multitask better than that. They also taught me to not have kids, so I can do whatever I want on Sundays. Okay, that's a fair <laughs> point. Fair. <laughs> fair point we'll just eliminate it all before it even begins there we go uh that's that's like in catholic school when they would uh they would have your sex ed it was how do you not what's the best way to not spread stds abstinence and you know what justin that's that's the best way to not have kids too you're, you're that's right it, pal. i'm doing it um well i, I want to get to actually i'll go let's go ahead and get into it now kentucky football they had their first scrimmage of the spring on saturday and the good news is that the offense did work uh mark stoops did not have the most glowing review afterwards because that's how mark stoops is he's not one to uh when the offense does well he won't ever admit it but the defensive coach in him he always will be a little bit frustrated but even without chris rodriguez you know they're they're not going to take a chance of getting him hurt uh even without him playing the offense apparently scored on their first three or four drives uh, so they are ending in touchdowns. Wandell Robinson was running around people, and uh, Joey Gaywood played well. So, all in all, I, I think whatever your expectations were, they they hit him in that first scrimmage. Uh, a lot of people, even though it was closed to the public, a lot of folks left wowed. Uh, who who were able to attend? I know like former players, parents, etc. can can show up. Um, so. That was great to hear, and I and I did also see Jordan Wright make a big play. I think it was like a tip drill interception. That dude just has a nose for the ball. It's crazy. He, the ball just finds him. He had the scoop and score to end the Belk ball. He had a pick six against Mississippi State in the second game of the year last year, uh, and I believe he also had a turnover in the belt in the um, what you call it Gator Bowl as well. So he's got a nose for it and uh, Kentucky needs him playing well this year on the edge. They need him not only creating turnovers, but also creating pressures on the quarterback. So all in all, uh, positive reviews from Kentucky's first spring scrimmage. Yeah, I didn't see anything. I saw a little bit on the spring game. I didn't see anything defensively, but Wandale was pretty hyped about the offense that it could be really, really good this year. Yeah, yeah, and he and he also, I think he did the thing too, where it was let me go score and then go to the sidelines and oh, and we're still doing well now. Like this is, this is going to be fun. So uh, they've been closed to the public so far. This is the last week of spring practice, but they do have plans to let us media honks 
into a practice this week. I believe tomorrow. <clears throat> so uh, I will be overanalyzing every single throw. You bet your sweet buns on it. Um, but I, uh, I I don't know the details yet, so I'm not sure when. But might have to miss. Might be just doing the radio show from the practice. So. Uh, you know, we'll wait and see. Well, hey, uh, I'm here for that. Whistles in the background, coaches yelling. Oh, love having the the, the whistles in the background. Uh, that's that's just great entertainment. I don't think that I think they would be mad if I was doing like play by play. Um, <laughs> but Wandale down the right side to the 10 to the 20 touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that did go in the reverse order there, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> nevertheless, it's exciting. So, this is their last week, they're gonna go Tuesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, have a final scrimmage on Saturday. It, it is just a shame, though, that like they scrimmaged at Kroger Field, and the whole point of not having a spring game was because they're it's using Kroger Field. To, yeah, it's like, well, but you're scrimmaging at Kroger Field? Like, can't you just turn the cameras on and televise it? I mean, so that that part's frustrating because I'd like to see it, but, you know. Is that, a, do is that a common practice to – show a spring game on tv i wouldn't imagine so it is in since the sec network came around oh, okay that's good yeah. yeah um they 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 previously didn't i mean the first event i ever covered as a uh as a blogger was uk spring game and uh there was you know only friends and family were there <laughs> i mean it was it was it was that kind of a turnout um but they've, they've since stepped it up um and it's it's pretty – I mean, hell, they put every spring game on the network, and I'm sure they do the same for the Big Ten ones as well. Uh, I don't recall seeing too many Big Ten spring games in the past, but I could be way wrong on that. Yeah, it's also – this isn't the time of year where you're probably turning on BTN that much, you know? I mean, It's true. Yeah, so uh, – but nevertheless, that happened over the weekend. It actually happened after some bad news came. We kind of were, were calling it on the show uh, on Friday, but Gavin Wimsett, he picked Rutgers. It still is baffling that he could, like, just of all the schools, Rutgers, you know? I, it's Rutgers. Like, I, ooh, so they're in the Big Ten. But, like, Justin, they're really not in the Big Ten. We can agree that they are still just Big yeah. Ten. They're Big Ten white. Like, they're, they're in it, but. Well, you know the only reason they're in the Big Ten, right? Yeah, it's because they wanted the New York TV market. Exactly, yeah. So, and, yeah, I agree. They're not in it, but they are. Uh, I, I, it's frustrating because Kentucky was all in early on. And when the news first came out that it was kind of down to Kentucky, like when somebody chooses Rutgers, you want to think that there might be something wrong with them. I mean, like, let's just, let's just call it how it is. It's freaking Rutgers, Piscataway, New Jersey. What can you like about that? But you know what? We're not going to do the thing where we get mad at the kid for picking a school that wasn't ours. Uh, we're just not, we're not going to do that. He's going to get early playing time, playing time right away. Uh, in, in fairness, he was being recruited by a different coaching staff. I mean, Vince Merrill was his recruiter the entire time, but he was getting recruited when Kentucky was almost exclusively looking at dual threat guys. Uh, so, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe the early playing time was the ultimate draw, but frankly, I don't get it. And, uh, as like it wrote about on the site the other day, it's you almost just got to put all your chips into the portal. Maybe you let Cohen go uh, try to get one guy in next year's class, but 
for the most part, I think you're just going to be fishing out of the portal for your quarterbacks from here on out because Kentucky's just they they haven't been successful recruiting them uh, in in the Stoops era. Where else uh, did Gavin have offers to? He had a, from a lot of different places. Um, the one that the big one early on that Kentucky was competing against was Notre Dame. Uh, and when he wasn't ready to jump at that right away, they ended up going elsewhere. Because for a little while, it looks like it was going to be Kentucky, Notre Dame for him and for Grant Bingham. Um, so uh, it, it's just weird how this all unfolded. And uh, you see it now where, I mean, Mac Jones, at, at least Gavin didn't do the thing where he kind of flipped back and forth, where he commits to Kentucky. Uh, he, he did not play the, the classic recruiting game where he's just playing us all for fools and uh, so we didn't have that, but it is a, an instance where you've had multiple guys that you thought you got in on early and you were able to bring into Lexington, but like Mac Jones, like your Jaron Williams, like so many other ones before, you weren't able to close the deal. It's unfortunate, but Justin Stoops still said that he thinks this could end up being one of their best classes ever. They're recruiting good elsewhere. Uh, this week could be a, a great week on the recruiting trail uh, with a couple guys making decisions over the weekend. But when you miss out on the quarterback, the guy who can be the in-state guy that can get folks fired up, it just that that's just a momentum killer. Not, not, not I shouldn't say momentum killer, but he can really do a lot for a class if you get a quarterback for people to rally around. Because even if that quarterback doesn't do anything, if he can just get other highly talented guys on campus, it can do a ton for your program. Well, and here's the deal. How many years does Will Levis got? Doesn't he have two years? He's got three. So, three. so yeah, you all, I mean, it won't be an issue, you would think. I mean, granted, if you get Wimsett now, he's a junior by the time Levis leaves, if Levis even stays that long, and he's got all that experience and time sitting behind him. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that is why he went to Rutgers, because he would get that playing time. I mean, no no quarterback's going to start over Will Levis. Well, and, and the thing, too, Justin, is that, I mean, you're right in that Kentucky's got a bunch of guys there that I think Cohen like. I mean, I don't know how it all shake out because of the way transfers are, but you're exactly right in that whims that saw a much clearer path to playing time, and he apparently liked being a part of the rebuild process. So good for him. He's a red devil at uh, in in high school, so he's just keeping the – maybe it was the Pantones that he liked a lot. <laughs> there you go. But at least the, the one thing that is – so here's I'm not going to do total butt slapper spin zone because it's no doubt a loss. There's, there's no way you can say it isn't. Um, but Kentucky does like Kaya Sharon, which we didn't talk about him that much because he was recruited by Henshaw. And we saw that Henshaw's success with recruiting high school quarterbacks wasn't great, but the coaches and everybody at practice really like Kai Sharon. He has been a pleasant surprise. He's got a big arm. So at least for the future, looking down the pipe, you do have a guy that you have recruited out of high school that you, you like the tools he has. Um, and, and that's very young. I know the other guys with eligibility things, it's, it's kind of hard to wreck your brain around, but you also have Bo Allen that can be sitting back waiting and you brought in a transfer and will Levis. So there, it's not like you were hurting for bodies. It, it's more so of a uh, a recruiting momentum impact thing. And the reason why I don't think it's going to take too big of a hit is because the Wade twins, Keaton and Destin Wade, they were in Lexington 
over the weekend for a visit. You can't officially or unofficially visit in a recruiting capacity where they show you around the facilities and all that. But right now during the dead period, you can, I mean, you can go on on self-guided tours like any other prospective student. So Keaton and Destin Wade, they were in Lexington on Saturday. They were tweeting about it, posting on social media, uh, doing their own self-guided tours through campus. Uh, that's great to see five days before they announce their college decision. And the reason why it's significant on the quarterback front is that Destin plays quarterback. He's that that's, that's his primary position in high school. He also plays defensive back is considered an athlete because a lot of folks believe that he'll ultimately move to the secondary at that next level. But Kentucky could also just say, you know what? We'll let you play quarterback. That that's, that's a possibility. That's at least what they can tell them now. And that's what they can sell for now. Um, but they've got a good athlete that they can pull in this weekend along with an edge who's uh, Keaton is a ranked 156 overall. He's a little bit higher ranked recruit than his brother. Those guys, they're announcing Friday afternoon. It's down to Kentucky, Tennessee. It looks good for Kentucky. Uh, just like it looks good for Kentucky and Keontae Goodwin's recruitment. He's announcing his decision Saturday afternoon. So normally, Justin, losing out on the quarterback could hurt you when it comes to momentum, but the Cats could be getting three, four-star prospects over the weekend. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, the one played quarterback in high school, which, let's be honest, how many recruits on a football team in college did play high school football at the quarterback <laughs> position? But. Right. Yeah, I mean, to get those athletes coming in, I will never agree with you until it happens on Saturday about the Keontae Goodwin situation. But yeah, I mean, that could be a okay. huge momentum boost as well. <laughs> I, I will, I won't. I just, I can't get behind it, Nick. I mean, when when the guy's got the four schools with Kentucky that he's got, I just, I just can't see it. Okay, all right. Well, you I can't I'm see wrong. it. I'll, I'm, I'm attending the ceremony. I plan on where's, attending. Where's he doing so. it? At high school? I think he's doing it at the. Uh, the place where he trains. Oh, okay. The, the aspirations gym. Home of, oh, that's where Wandale Robinson used to work out. Carrington Valentine, another UK guy used to work out there. Just saying. Just throwing that yeah, out there. Yeah, that's that's a good There's point. connections. Yeah. There's it, connections, it Justin. Happen. I mean, and and it is close to home. I mean, he's going to be within an hour and a half. And where's he originally? He's from Kentucky, is he He's not? from Louisville, yeah. Was he it Fern Creek? Is that where he came from? Uh, ba Ballard was his most recent school. Oh, but okay. He, I, I'm not exactly sure where he grew up, but I knew that when they did that profile in middle school, it's a middle school actually by me uh, in Beachmont. So, um, yeah, suck it, Terry, in the South End. All um, I know is that kid is huge. Yeah, yeah, and huge. he would be a huge get. And you know what? It would also continue the trend of Kentucky is the school that has a badass offensive line. That would be awesome. So keep that up, Cats. Go do some work on the trail this week. Even though they don't have Gavin Wimsett, they will be just fine, and as Mark said, Stoop said, could be their be one of their best classes at Kentucky. Let's get to a break. When we come back around, there's some big stuff happening in Louisville this week that I've got to like very exciting stuff that I did not know was the case until today. So I'm freaking fired up, uh, and we're also gonna get to your text five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. I'm Nick Rouch. He's Justin Kalen, and this is Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. That's what I'm talking about, man. 
into Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen hanging out with you on a Manic Monday edition of the show on Big X Sports Radio. It was probably a little crazy over the weekend at Genesis Diamonds for their huge spring spectacular. If you didn't check it out, make sure you get over to Genesis Diamonds sometime this week. They always got great deals going on. Uh, they're road over there across the right in the Shelbyville Road Plaza. Check them out today and make sure, you know, if you're thinking about treating your mom, go ahead and do that this year. Don't just get her something easy. Check out Genesis Diamonds today. Uh, Justin, before I get, I'm going to get to the text line. And I, I wanted to mention two things that are happening in the level this weekend that are substantial. And I'm curious which one piques your interest more. So up first, the Cincinnati Reds start a series against the Cleveland Indians at Louisville Slugger Field. They're playing three days, uh, Monday and Tuesday at 7 p.m., and then a day game on Wednesday, Reds versus the Indians. General admission tickets are only 10 bucks a pop. What? <laughs> yeah, it's what? pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. I just I just checked ticket prices. Only 10 bucks. <laughs> that is insane. Now I definitely have to go. I know. I don't, I don't even care what the other option is. That's the more intriguing one for well, me. Well, well, here the, the other one is pretty intriguing. So this week in Louisville, it's the first ever Louisville Taco Week. There are 12 oh, restaurants man. around the city where they're having $2 specialty tacos. <laughs> I mean, oh man, and like a couple, of the, a couple of the places are Taco Luchador, uh, Agave, and Rob. Both places have just fantastic food. I mean, and the fact that it's only two bucks is just, I mean, I'm gonna get four. <laughs> we, I have a $50 gift card to Taco Luchador, so I can oh, get a man. lot of tacos. You can, <laughs> you're gonna be Taco King if, if you just get the, uh, the two dollar specialty one. So I'm curious, Justin, what you've got. You, if you have to choose only one, is it going to be two dollars? Oh, no, or ten dollar Reds tickets on the river? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't think it would get any better than the Reds playing in Louisville against the Indians. But then you throw out Taco Week. Uh, let me ask you this: Is Taco Week going to be an every year thing? Is it an annual? Well, it's it's the first time they've done it. Um, and I will also say that the Reds will be coming back. Uh, they're coming back in two. So the week before Derby, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Really? Uh, with the Monday being a day game. So, yeah, they're doing two. I, I have a feeling it's a way for them to kind of throw a bone to the to the the bats just because they missed an entire minor league season. That's so true, yeah. Get them some way. money. Yeah, inject a little bit of cash back into them before. Because they're, they're not starting the season either until May. Um but nevertheless, it's. I think it's really cool, and I'm going to have to figure out what's the best day to go because <laughs> this so, sounds awesome. My my thing was easily Reds Indians, the better option. But if, oh man, I was going to take that just because. Who knows if it'll happen again? But then you throw out the fact that they're coming back in two weeks. Now they are so, coming back against the Pirates, who stink. But hey, three wins. Yeah, exactly. Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean they stink? That's awesome. We get to see yeah. wins. Right, right. Um, I, I'm gonna go with Taco Week this week. I, I oh, might man. have to hit up old Taco Luchador. Is Salsaritas doing two dollar tacos? They now I've I've not seen that. I, I hope that Salsaritas gets in on the action. But since Salsaritas is probably a chain, I, they're like a franchise. I don't I don't know if they if their bosses would let them do something like that. 
Um, but there's a dozen different locations like Merle's and uh, and Molly Malone's downtown. They're also doing the two dollar taco thing. So just give yourself a Google to to find out which different locations you want to check out. That's incredible. What a dream, man. What a, what a week we have. I mean, this is how, you know, like Louisville, there, there are a few places better to be than Louisville in the month of April because you're getting all of the buildup to the Derby. Uh, I know next Saturday they're going to have the fireworks all around Louisville as much as TJ and I were complaining about it. Like you're going to have a little bit of thunder. They did the Pegasus parade at a bunch of different locations on Saturday. Uh, I know some people showed up, even though it was raining to watch them go downtown, they were kind of all out and about, but it's not this going to be the same, but we still got a lot of good things going for us. Yeah. Justin Kalen. And, and food at, is at the top of the list for Louisville. I mean, the food in Louisville is phenomenal. No, without a doubt. It's, it, it makes Hoosier dingus want to become a Kentuckian. I mean, I eat over in Louisville all the time. Right, because it's much better than whatever you got over in East Pekins. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, let's get to this text line, 502-414-1450. The first texter says, Roush in his bag back in the day. Can you say drip? And they shared a picture that I tweeted out on social media. I'll put it on the uh, Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. But one oh, of teachers, She found a throwback Thursday from – we had to do this uh, – they would do a disaster simulation and part of the simulation was getting out information. So we, we basically just got school credit for showing up and hanging out for an hour. They would give us food and stuff. It was a pretty sweet gig. Um, and it's an old throwback picture of me eating a donut, rocking a UK. I mean, I look like a blue hair. I've got, <laughs> it's probably 10, 15 pounds ago. I've got the comb over rocking up top. The receding hairline is very evident, large forehead. And I've got a UK blue sweater vest on just as, as they said, dripped from my head to my toe. <laughs> you look like a wildcat dingus. Oh man. Big wildcat <laughs> dingus. Uh, one of my friends was like, please tell me you were like, that wasn't just you on a regular day. And I was like, no, no, no. I was dressed. <laughs> I, I was dressed for TV. I did, I wasn't wearing khakis and uh, button ups just on the rag. Now I, I, I fried it out. Don't get me wrong. I definitely fried it pretty hard. But I was there was there was definitely a TV look. I went much more casual to class. I uh, could see uh, I could see high school Nick going to class like that. Well, we in in high school we at least had uniforms, and I would sometimes. But the thing with me, Justin, is like I. Whenever I would wear those button-ups and stuff, like sometimes you you do want to look good because you know there's you know, you got class with attractive women, you wanna you wanna bring your best as well. But if it was if I didn't have to be dressed up for TV, it was usually the golf shirt polo because the backpack very sweaty. Yes. Yeah, very very sweaty, and I just walk into class, I would just immediately start sweating if it was any temperature above sixty degrees. So wearing wearing the heavy clothes, not a good look. Hey, uh, interesting development here in studio. The Terry Wilson poster that was on the wall fell down. Oh, wow. What does that mean? Well, he's not he's not in Lexington anymore. Maybe it's – um uh, that's why Gavin wins it. It's going to Rutgers. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Uh, one other text said, last year had to be miserable for Boston and Carr. Don't blame them for wanting to get out of here as soon as possible. Whether it's the best move for them is a different conversation. Yeah, and I know that, like, the way that Terry kind of framed it last week where when we were discussing this, like, what does it say when 
you know, your 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 highest pick is the one who's actually mulling it over and considering coming back. But I don't think we ever anticipated those guys to return, despite their poor play, particularly Boston. Clark will at least be able to sell. He's young. Um, he was injured, and that's why he wasn't able to. And when he had the ball in his hands, he looked good. Uh, so at least Clark has a little bit more upside to sell to teams. Although, couldn't you I, say I, the same about Boston though? He was hurt. He's young. Looked good with the ball in his hands. Yeah, but Boston wasn't. I mean, he broke his finger in the preseason. He wasn't really hurt, and he just kind of played like he was really inconsistent. Because it's one thing if you say that, all right, he struggled with physicality, uh, particularly in the paint. But we could maybe we can put some weight on his long frame. You can say that, but his shot was so inconsistent. I mean, he shot like twenty something percent from three. And that was even having a hot month of February. It looks good, but he was just way too inconsistent shooting the ball. That would be my big concern with him, but there's still going to be somebody that takes a flyer on him at the end of the first round. As our next texter said, they said a good team with a late first-round pick will definitely take Boston, in my opinion, would be a good low-risk, high-reward pick. Yeah, I mean, especially when you consider that all of the recruiting analysts had him as a top-five guy. And it's one of those things where Surely they didn't all completely miss. And and so somebody's going to think, well, if we can even get him into to 10th or 12th best in that recruiting class, if we can get him to that, then we're going to get a win. So I, I think somebody's going to take a flyer. They're going to say COVID was a, year, a weird year. And worse comes to worse. I mean, low risk, high reward, like you said. Uh, good point, Texter. And we've got more good texts to get to. 502 414-1450 is how you get into the show. We're going to take a break, come back. Bobby Vitrino's in the news, and we got to talk about the latest names in the portal that Kentucky's looking at. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Nick Rouse. He's Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call. Hour number two here with Nick Roush and Justin Kalen on the Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Hour number two is brought to you by our good friends at Salsaritas. This month, they are rounding up for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. That means whenever you make your purchase, they'll ask, hey, you want to throw some change in the bucket for Make-A-Wish? Just go ahead and do that. Round up 50 cents, 70 cents, whatever it may be to help give back to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They're making dreams come true for kids after a tough year. So go ahead, have a heart. Check out Salsaritas this week, this month. And Roundup for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And if you already have a Roundup app, that just means it'll round up a dollar, which is even cooler. Yes, very cool. So, wait, what's a Roundup app? like? You don't have any Roundup apps? Like, I mean, ac- the, the, like Acorns? I, I, so, is it, exp- explain. Because like, I, I get so, the, the concept, but I don't know like what it in, in, in reality does. 
So the app that I have, Acorns, if I go, say I leave the station today and I go spend $28.10 at the gas station, it's going to take that $0.90, cents, puts it into my Acorns account, and then invest that into stocks and bonds and what have you. Huh. That's pretty yeah. cool. Does, yeah. So you it, just, um... It's like a savings account. I've got like $1,000 in my Acorns account that I can pull out anytime. How long have you been using the, your Acorns account? probably close to four or five years now oh okay okay well yeah. see that's that's nice though over time like i'm sure it wouldn't be much in the short term but in the long term that's yeah that's a nice well, little, that's it's nice spot. it's nice when you go on the app and you can scroll across to see oh when i'm 66 i should have seventy four thousand dollars in this thing cool like it's hmm. just neat and it's pretty neat. Well, we learned something new today from uh, Acorn stockbroker, Justin Kalen. That's right. <laughs> Hit me up for a referral code. Oh, man. <laughs> well, uh, I, I I do need to bring out a name, a blast from the past before we get back to the text line. Because Bobby Petrino, back in the news, the former Louisville coach two times, won the Missouri Valley Football Conference at Missouri State in his first season coach the Tigers. Pretty crazy. <laughs> that was this past season? That was this past season. Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah. Well, I didn't even realize he was back in coaching. Yeah, yeah. He got that job pretty quickly afterwards. So they did the thing where they they played at least one game fall because they got the their teeth kicked in by Oklahoma in one of those pay games. Um but yeah they they had a five and four record in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> so they they played one game in the fall and then the rest in the spring at least one they could have played more so i know like that's wild. Eastern kentucky they were one of a few schools in the ohio valley that did play you know three or four in the fall i think they played four in the fall and six in the spring um and yeah and you know what though it leads me to uh, uh we should have not only just spring football is it's fine it could be so much more fun if you ended it not with the inner squad scrimmage, but if you actually scrimmage somebody else. Yeah. You you want to talk about I know Terry, he you know, he's one of many who are gung ho on playing a, a marquee game in the fall to open up. You could play one of those regional games in a spring scrimmage and it would be so much fun. Playing a West it's Virginia or Cincinnati and just to give them not only could you get some fun matchups, um, but it also would give your team something to look forward to besides just playing against themselves. You would get to actually scout another team. It would be a lot of fun. I couldn't tell you um, for sure, but didn't that used to take place back in the day? <sighs> I want to say they used to scrimmage other other schools as opposed to themselves. Well, I, I, I mean, that's a maybe. Maybe we got some listeners out there who can recall 502-414. 1450. I know that they used to have a JV team back in the day. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, because so like uh, R2 Spinner, who was SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2002, first person ever win that award. If you want a fun little trivia fact for your friends, first ever SEC Offensive Player of the Year. They used to just give SEC Player of the Year, split an offensive defense back in 2002. But when Pinner was a true freshman, he wasn't playing. So to help get him reps, they played JV games where, you know, some of the walk-ons and other guys, along with younger starters, got live game refs, played a handful of games against 
you know, your EKUs, your Georgetown colleges. And, and really it was just a way to get those guys some, some experience. And I'm injuries, I think are the only thing that are holding that back from becoming a thing again, you know, uh, because if I was one of those guys on scout team, one of those freshmen, I'd want to play a couple of games and beat up. I mean, it, it's just so much. The games are so much more fun than practices in football. So to have like a light at the end of the tunnel, that would be awesome. Uh, Is that not the same for every sport? I mean, the game's more fun than practice, period. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but especially football because no. there's so much more practices than games, you know? Four or five days a week versus a whole, uh, you know, baseball, you, you basically only play games, you know? So it, it's a little bit different, but I, I, I wanted to bring up this story, too, that was making its rounds on Saturday. Uh, I don't... I don't know how I don't know how this happened, but did you hear what happened at USC, Justin Kalen? I didn't. Not that I know well, of. Well, maybe. Apparently there was a USC unknowingly allowed a homeless man into the football program. They allowed him access into the jacuzzi along with other football players allowed the man meals at the dining facility and a suite in the LA Coliseum to sleep in and even issued him a uniform. <laughs> what? Yeah. He wasn't caught until he attempted to field punts at practice. This is according to Scott Wolf of inside USC and, uh, uh, Petros Papadakis, who's a Fox sports analyst. <laughs> have you seen a picture of this man? I have not. Um, but one comment said that he's a pretty young looking guy and could pass as a college student, said a member of campus security who did not wish to identify. He's about 5'10, but I heard he wore number 87 in practice. Usually those guys are about 6'4, so that was a giveaway. Right. <laughs> uh, here's my thing How do they, I mean, are red flags not sent flying when he asked for a suite to sleep in at the stadium? Like, uh, buddy, you don't stay in a dorm? They didn't get yeah. you hooked up with housing. Like, what's the deal? Oh man, that the, is why. What I don't. I mean, that's almost as good as the story I heard a couple months ago about a guy sleeping in the Chicago airport for like three weeks. Yeah, that guy was in there for a long time too. Like he, and I, I could at least. So people who go who frequent O'Hare Airport say that. There's a part that doesn't get visited much. You can maybe see that happening because I mean, think about too in an airport where you're, uh, you you have like your your layovers or you have your flights canceled and people are sleeping there overnight anyway. They just don't want to get a hotel. So yeah. I could see that more. So here, how do you just not? How does nobody just know? Like, oh, here's. I know there's a lot of people on a football team, but just some random guy showing up. I I just I don't know. How. How that happens well and there's not a single person on the team that would know this guy right so right. Like, is it not is it not awkward at practice when he's just standing there by himself and everybody else is cutting up and laughing and well and it sounds like he was with them kind of in the locker roomish areas where you are cutting up with guys so i mean i get that there's probably some walk-ons who are that not everybody's going to know but at least other walk-ons are going to know right yeah. so right that's the part of this that's that's wild to me, and the fact that it isn't dur happening during the season. Like this is the spring season, rosters are usually a lot trimmer. You know, yeah. Kentucky's making an exception. There's gonna be some guys that enter the portal after spring practice, but 
But normally, of the 85 scholarship players, you're probably down to, with graduating seniors, 73-ish. And, I mean, you got to factor in walk-ons and some early enrollees, but usually the spring roster is a lot lighter. So, this story, it's it's wild. Could you imagine if this had taken place during the season and old buddies just standing on the sideline for every USC game, getting food, getting a place to sleep? This is wild. Maybe it would have been less likely to happen because the security would have been crazier for the games. Like, uh, or yeah. he just would have just put on full uniform and like showed up. <laughs> I think that's what would have happened, and he would have got away with it for yeah. probably a while. He just tell him he's injured, you know. He's until he specialist. until he goes up to the coaching staff and he's like, "Hey, I'm fielding this punt." No, God, man, no, I love that. That's out. how he got caught. That is just <laughs> that's ridiculous. What a story. Yeah. Um, let's get back to this text on five zero two. 414-1450. TJ, get real. If Patino and Boston Court Brooks meant SARS, he would have taken him to at least a sweet 16. Yeah, but Brooks was injured for half the season. Clark was injured for half the season. So, yeah, I think Patino could have, and I think Calipari could have if he had them for the whole season. You dingus. Jesus. I will say, though, to Patino's credit, he has always been a guy who has made less with more. Well, the, the he's good at coaching up guys. It's the the really talented, you know. Of course, there's some exceptions um, to that every once in a while. Like you know, Jamal Mashburn turned out pretty well for him at UK. But for the most part, those uh, Patino's a guy who does more with less. So I, I will say there's something to that texture. But like you're proving your point now, where those guys were hurt for half the season. So second texture. If Mix, Mintz and Brooks leave and the car stuff doesn't turn out to be legit, we're kind of in a tough spot. We need to get pretty lucky with an elite point guard transfer. Uh, yeah, that, that would be the case. And speaking of transfers, there's a couple other guards, a couple other people, I should say, um, that are out there that have either expressed interest in Kentucky or Kentucky's expressed interest with them. One of them is a name that we've heard before. That's Garrison Brooks. That got mentioned I got kicked around at the end of the season. Uh, hell, even before North Carolina season ended, where I think in this uh, case, I'm not sure exactly in what capacity. Uh, so, yeah, it was actually somebody reported that Garrison Brooks, it's Georgetown, Kentucky, Arizona State, Tennessee, Auburn, Georgia. Brooks was all ACC two years ago. Didn't have a great year this year. Um, but if Brooks does leave, then this Brooks would be at least a valuable like that would be an option certainly the other option where i know kentucky's in a pinch more so for guards is adam miller who adam miller played at illinois last season um he was a former four-star guy six foot three uh last year where let's see where's the stats at from last year oh they're incredible from three he was awesome which is music to our ears. I think he was 40% from three, 30, no, 34% from three last year. Not as great as I thought, but 8.8 .8 points, uh, 2.8 and 25 minutes of contest last year. So not too shabby. Has he entered the portal? I believe so. That is extremely surprising to me. Yeah, I saw that well, yesterday. Was it Bryce Hopkins? Good friends with him. So Bryce Hopkins is friends with him. Yeah. I, well, and the thing was, is one of your Hoosiers, AJ Guyton, acted like it was a done deal. And that's the thing. I don't know if he actually has formally entered the portal or not. Hmm. But AJ yeah, Guyton was like, 
his tweet that was, of course, deleted was something along the lines of, man, I can't believe uh, her. I- I'll pull it up real quick because we have it on the website. Jack Pilgrim posted, Adam Miller to Kentucky. Hmm, that's interesting. Good luck, young fella. Which, that does sound like, like it's something. a done deal. Because what does Guyton even do now? He's is he, he a media head? He yeah he he does a podcast. He's still really well connected. I don't really know what his official title is. I know he so, was he was in coaching as of last year, but I don't think he's in coaching anymore. Gotcha, gotcha. So it you still would have that void at point guard if Mintz departed. Um, but I'm sure Miller is a fine enough ball handler. He strikes me as more of a no. combo guy. Nope. But, what? No, I'm wrong. He's he is not a guy that spent a lot of time with the ball in his hands this year. Although, right, right, yeah, when yeah. you when you look at Illinois, I mean, you got Dasunmu, so why yeah. would Adam Miller handle the ball? So I'm sure he can handle it, but he didn't this past year a whole lot. Right, right. So my my point is that I if the, this texture is correct, that without Carr or Zagorowski, you still are kind of left without an option at point guard. Miller might be a nice piece as a, a shooter, a wing to bring in, but he's not going to fix your problems at point. Uh, nevertheless, another name to keep an eye on because he is buddies with Bryce Hopkins. They went to the same high school together. Um, Jack spoke to his dad. You can see all those quotes up at uh, KentuckySportsRadio.com. I mean, there are 1,200 players in the transfer portal. Surely to God, Kentucky can find a point guard. That is 1,200 is just that is an, that's an astronomical number. Yeah, it's insane. And Ooh. it's I mean it's that's going to be the normal every year now until they you do you think they keep continuing to let the transfer portal roll like this where guys can go wherever without well, sitting out a year? Yeah, but here's the thing, Justin, I think the numbers will eventually go down whenever people realize that grass isn't always greener. I, I not to say that there aren't always going to be kids who have people in their ears telling them that they should be shooting more and they could do better elsewhere, all that. But they're they're going to see other guys who they thought were pretty successful enter the portal and go nowhere kind of deal. That's, that's already happened in a lot of cases in football. Um, but when it, when, when, you know, 600 of those 1200 don't find a home, I don't think it'll be that much, but when they don't find one, I think I think eventually water will find its level to a degree and it will probably be more of in the 900 range where it'll slow down some but for the most part yeah it's 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 open season man portals popping absolutely popping which I know a bunch of guys entered the portal from Cincinnati I'm wondering if any of them would come back now that the Bearcats have fired John Brandon uh, that ha- that kind of got news dumped on us Friday and Justin, do you remember seeing any of the allegations on um, Cincinnati? For I guess former Cincinnati coach John Brandon. I don't know. So the Athletic, they had the deepest scope and the the most breadth in 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 their reporting in this. Brandon was really successful at Northern Kentucky. Had them in the NCAA tournament a bunch of times um, before taking the job at Cincinnati, it was a natural transition to fill in for Mick Crone. I mean, you're right across the river, you know, it's not a whole lot needs to be done, but essentially like this dude's just a hard ass. And they said they were investigating for allegations. 
And some of them were ridiculous. Parents like were complaining that they couldn't help with team meals. It's like, what is this? Pee wee basketball? Like, you, parents, get the hell out of here! Like, this is these are these are young men. They're adults now. You, you don't need help making PB and J snacks for the teams. Like, of course, he's going to cut out the parents to a degree. Parents should be cut out for a lot of it, but essentially, his personality. He was old school hard ass. He was pretty arbitrary, and he didn't have a set practice schedule. He kind of just wanted to whenever he was feeling good. That was the one thing that would probably tick me off the most as players. Uh, but he, the pandemic probably exacerbated the friction that he had with his players and the relationship he had where players just didn't really like him that much anymore. I don't think it ever got abusive, but nevertheless, they were ready to move on after so many players were leaving. I was surprised. Maybe they're going to try to get it for cause because of these allegations. Um, but if you read the lengthy thing in The Athletic, there's not any sort of um, fire alarm going off. Like, yep, you got to get rid of him. It, I could have easily seen Cincinnati holding on to him to avoid paying the buyout. Uh, but now is a weird time to be looking for a coach. Yeah, well, there's still one out there that I have saw a lot of ties to coached somewhat in that area in the past did you see that is it sean miller try his little brother archie oh okay archie i guess archie doesn't have the ties because sean was a he was originally a xavier guy so it would be weird seeing him on the other side i was uh, going for dayton with archie yeah yeah no i i was gonna it, it had to be one of those miller brothers uh which you know what maybe like i i'm Archie flaming out so poorly at Indiana was very surprising to me, Justin, just because he had, it wasn't like he was a one hit wonder in the NCAA tournament with Dayton, you know? You know, when you were just sitting there describing Cincinnati, I, the whole time Archie is going through my head. I mean, it's the exact same thing. Players just got to a point where they didn't enjoy playing for him anymore. Now, I don't know Archie's practice schedule and if he did all that BS, but. It, it certainly seemed like it got to the point where Indiana players just didn't enjoy playing for Archie anymore. Yeah, and there is a – we're seeing it at the college football level with some of the – it really pays off to be a player's coach now. And Stoops has struck a nice balance in that he's a player's coach, but he's also a hard ass when it's time to go to work. So, like, I, I know uh, – my cousin Jeff, Jeff Brahma, produced the same way where it's like, we're not going to give you all of these rules as long as you show up on time and do your job. That uh, Clock in, clock out sort of deal. And I think in college basketball, that sport is so dominated by the head coach. Whereas in football, you've got a lot of assistants. Uh, I mean, the players know their position coaches probably. Uh, they, they have better relationships with them than anybody. But in college basketball, that that coach can be such a dictator that and if and if he doesn't have good assistance around him to tell him to, to basically check him when he's going overboard you can you can lose a team quickly so uh i i i don't know i think there are certainly places for those guys still in the sport uh, it's probably at a lower level maybe archie i'm sure archie's if, if he does end up there you know, he's going to hit the reset button because the dream job didn't work out. But also Cincinnati, it's much easier to win there. You're you're a traditional program in a, in a bad basketball conference. I mean, oh, you, 
I mean, Houston's crushing it right now, but really, that's it. Wichita State, they just fire their coach. They're on their way down. The American's pretty easy to win at, so I could, I could very easily see him having success there. But, I mean, at the same time, on the flip side of that, I could see them hiring Sean Miller as well. I mean, any guy that's had a, any semblance of success in college basketball, Cincinnati's got to look at. I would think that Sean Miller is probably – like, he got a job. I think they got a, gave him a job with the Lakers or something. Like, he got some sort of assistant coaching job. Really? Yeah. Um, and I don't think a co- – I think college programs are going to be leery of what the NCAA is going to do with him. Um, I know Patino, Patino had like four years in between. Might not be that long, but I think they're going to, the NCAA's at least going to have to deliver their show cause for them to even know if it's worth hiring him, you know? See, that's, I was actually thinking of Patino. I mean, he got a job relatively quick after the whole Louisville situation went down. So his last season was 17. So it was, it was four years. It didn't seem like that because he was doing interviews for an eternity afterwards. But it, it it I guess the fourth season. So he spent three away, which I, I three people do tend to forget and forgive after three years. But if the NCAA doesn't hurry up and, and do something in that Arizona case, Miller might be getting tagged with a three to five year show cause, you know, a year from now. And, you know, there's six years gone. So I, I don't know how that will unfold because they have yet to do anything in this whole big cheating scandal. But it's probably going to make programs more leery with him than it is with Patino. Uh, just because, at least in Patino's case, too, he wasn't caught. He personally wasn't caught paying players like Miller was, <laughs> you know? True. Um, but, hey, I think it's uh, it's time we get to a break. Wow, this it's flying by. I, I, it was just, I guess, a lot happening this weekend. A lot going on this weekend. So, let's... Take our break. After this, we will come back, read more of your text, 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Early one morning while making the rounds, I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down. I went right home and I went to bed. I stuck at 1144 beneath my head. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Oh, you may feel like nothing now, but look on the bright side. You used to be something, and nobody can ever take that away from you. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Hanging out with you on a Monday morning. Hopefully, TJ Walker will get to feeling better and be back with us in no time. And hopefully, you're checking out Car Stuff KY, CarStuffKY.com. They're on Instagram and Facebook. They will hook you up. Just take, use that tax return on yourself. Treat yourself. Stimulate that economy. Visit Car Stuff KY for all of your audio, sound equipment needs, whether you need tires, whatever. Hook up your ride today by visiting CarStuffKY.com. Dot com uh justin did you did you see this this story out of uk where 500,000 acceptance letters were sent out to students into a program that typically only accepts 38 kids per year what <laughs> yeah 500,000 500,000 how does that even happen I, so 
here's my guess. Um, because the you have those kind of uh, what, what do you call them? That, for your like recruiting letters or whatever, where you send out, hey, see blue today at UK, like that that kind of junk. I'm guessing that they, I, I, I'm guessing that they somehow got that an email that wasn't supposed to be on that listserv there. Like that, that's the only thing that would make sense. But the College of Health Science is like a very, it's the clinical and management program in the College of Health Sciences. At Kentucky, five hundred thousand, and a lot of people hadn't even. A lot of people hadn't even tried to get into UK. Um, there was one person they interviewed. Mom, I just got accepted in the University of Kentucky. She's like, I didn't know you applied to University of Kentucky, and she's like, I did not. They <laughs> <laughs> accepted me anyways. Oh man, yeah. So how, so, how do they rectify this now? Because I'm sure there's 38 kids out there that have their hopes up and. Yeah, I'm sure there was uh, another email sent to those 500,000 people just saying, our bad, um, but yeah, come check out Kentucky. It's pretty cool. Really, really crazy. My, my uh, goodness. So, you had one so job. Get, yeah, get your email. Man, that would also be very terrifying to have the power over that email list serve too. That's true, I, yeah. I sometimes think that with the KSR like Facebook page, because we have a ton of likes, but... Not as near as much power as telling somebody they're accepted into college in which they are actually not. So that, whew, man, what a disaster. Get your emails fixed there, UK. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a big mess up. Yeah, big goof. Let's go back to the text line, 502-414-1450. Twitter thinks 97% of college basketball coaching is drawing up plays and running baseline out-of-bounds action. It's so dumb. In reality, in-game coaching is probably 5% of the job. I mean, that's such a great point. It's, it's probably a little bit more. Yeah, it's more than 5%. Yeah, but there there's a good... Players make the plays for the most part. You know what I mean? So there, there's part of your job is just preparing your players for that situation and making sure they're conditioned well and that they um, schematically... Like, because when you're on defense, when you're playing man-to-man, that most of that is based on what you did in practice and how you performed there, what you learned there. You might call a trap every once in a while. You might change up your defenses, but 50% of the game, you aren't doing diddly squat from a game plan perspective during the game. You know what I mean? So that just in that alone just goes to show how little of it is in game coaching. I, I honestly, I think that varies too, based on the school and, and the coach. Right. Right. Who's yeah. in charge as well. I mean, other schools are going to, 70% of the time they'll be running plays, whereas at a place like Kentucky, you can have 5-10% of the time just because right. of the right. athleticism and talent that's in there. Year Instead in, of year running out. sets, you're in like a motion type yeah. deal. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, that that is an overblown por portion of it, though. We, just, we think of coaches as these guys who are just drawing up stuff on a clipboard when that's a very small part of – that's a very small part of coaching. Yeah, I don't know that college basketball has ever been that, or any basketball for that matter, other than maybe youth leagues when you're dealing with seven or eight-year-olds. But I don't know that any level, 100% of the time, is drawing up plays. Right, right. It's just, it's just It doesn't happen uh, at all. Uh, one texture says, seems pretty likely that Kentucky will be picked third in the SEC in the preseason. Bam and Arkansas are killing it. Uh, I... Uh, 
I don't know all the transfers they've picked up off the top of my head, but I know they've got a bunch. We mentioned that likes kid on Friday going to, I believe, Arkansas from Miami. So they're going to be racking up. I know the way that they played, that's just going to be very attractive to a lot of transfers. It, it got talked about a lot during the NCAA tournament. So that they're going to be rolling next year. And as much as, and as we said too, Rick Barnes, Tennessee will be kind of down. That's usually when Rick Barnes is at his best. So SEC not going to be messing around next year in basketball. Yeah, third might be a little optimistic. Oh, man, suck it, Hoosier dingus. Interesting comparison. Is Boston more likely a John Petty or a Brandon Ingram? Petty was a three or pump fake to layup. We'll be interesting to see if Boston ever does more than that. I can, I think Brandon Ingram's a pretty good comparison for BJ Boston just in what Brandon Ingram does in the NBA. Um, Boston could have that same type of career. I mean, he's not as long and as athletic as he yeah. grew, but he could have a similar type of career, no doubt. Yeah, I don't I think he's a little bit shorter. Ingram Oh, way shorter. Yeah, he's probably Ingram's probably got four or five inches on him. I think he's yeah, like six uh, eight, six nine. Right, right. And I think Boston's probably listed at six five, but nevertheless, I I don't I just I don't know what to make of Boston because the strength and finishing at the rim thing, I know that can be put on, but that was something Cal tried to coach out of him all year, and he still did the flip shot. I mean, so I don't, I don't know how well he's going to take to it because that's, I mean, that's not something he can get away at that level either. So, um, I I, I wish the kid well, but I do, I do worry about where he's going just because he was so, he was so inconsistent. So inconsistent. he'll have to, he'll have to perfect it in the G League. Dickie V making a complete ass of himself with these transfer tweets. I know he's ancient and a show for coaches, but come on, man. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Roy Williams where, man, things are changing so much. Maybe it's time I hang it up. It's kind of where we're getting on some of these Dickie V hot takes. You yeah. know, it's, oh, He was going crazy on Twitter yesterday. I was like, shut up. And he does that annoying, like, all caps, too. Or you can just tell that he's shouting in his dicky oh, voice. Yeah, and he definitely tweets like he talks. And I don't yeah. know if he's the one that fills them out or if he like talks into something and they type it out for him. But whoever puts them together, it's it's perfect because it does. His voice comes through. I'll always yeah. give him that. Yeah, for sure. Kentucky would be getting a lot more credit for their work in the transfer market if Shubway or Shibway, excuse me, committed two weeks ago instead of three months ago. That's a good point, too. People forget. And when I mean people, not Kentucky people, but the national media folks, they forget about that um, because it happened in the middle of the season. Yeah. If we're trying to cleanse your all's vocabulary, Roush has to cool it with nevertheless. It's starting to send <laughs> chills down my back every time he says it. Oh, buddy. Well, you want less? Well, I'm going to give it to you more. Nevertheless, he said. <laughs> he never wants the less. Never, never wants the less. Um, <laughs> One texture asked, what happened to CJ Frederick in the transfer portal? It's a great maybe, question. Maybe old Fran McCaffrey was just like, hey, why don't you don't leave, CJ? Fran McCaffrey, gonna... he's the classic, like those coaches I was talking about earlier, those old hard asses. That's that Fran McCaffrey is that that's him. <laughs> he he knows no other way than to just be a jerk. Yeah, he's he's my favorite coach that ever used to come into assembly hall. A student section would give him such crap every game. But oh, yeah, well, I mean, he's so bad. Like he's just good enough to be around, but he's not that good. He's not threatening, you know. So he that's right. a good coach to have around. Yeah, for sure. Whatever 
But yeah, I mean, back to the Frederick thing. I mean, didn't wasn't that his uncle that came out and said help us on the way? Uh, yeah, I I think so. But yeah, you, you it, can't tease Kentucky or BBN like that. Maybe it was one of those deals where they were he was going to enter and then directly make the move, but he was only going to enter if Kentucky was going to take him. Maybe Kentucky said, "Hey, we got this other guy from Davidson, this Kellen Grady. He's a little bit better. Sorry, CJ Frederick. Maybe maybe that's what happened. I I could see that being the case." Oh man! Oh gosh! Oh, I almost forgot about this. Oh, I wish TJ was here. This is a great text in the show. Is Blake and Spanker the biggest loser of all time? He's trying to use that wide receiver line as an insult. Oh no! What was me? We had to use a wide receiver at quarterback. Still won seven games. A bowl and annihilated the cards. Okay, and we. I'm just going to read this Blank and Spanker tweet. Um, it is. It really is the Mona Lisa of cell phones because he he did not realize how hard he was dunking on himself when he uttered this. It was completely insane, but he actually got into it with Vince Marrow on uh he got into it with Vince Marrow on social media the other day, which and it was after the Gavin Wimsett uh, commitment. So uh let me let me it's it's loading right now um but the the sheriff quote tweeted Wimsett's tweet and said Greg Schiano came into Owensboro and got Gavin Wimsett the state the state teams better have a plan at quarterback and he's also taking a shot at Scott Satterfield because Louisville needs one as well Mikhail Cunningham don't call me Malik has been very average at best Trevor Kelsey will tell you he's much worse than that they need a quarterback just as badly and Vince Merrill sees this tweet, says, don't worry, buddy. We always have a plan. Well, Blankenspanker thought he was thought he had a burn up his sleeve. And he said, can always change a wide receiver to a quarterback. The tweet, this is this is just a hell of a ratio. 44 replies, 20 quote tweets, nine likes. <laughs> Because he didn't realize the fact that that wide receiver that turned into a quarterback rushed for a thousand yards against them and beat them by a million. Like the fact that he thought he was actually burning Vince Merrill with that one is just, oh, Justin, it's, it's so, it's <laughs> my goodness. It's so funny. I, I, I wanted to respond to it, but I just kept laughing. I, I saw it Friday night. I was like, just, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Jeez. Whew. And one texter said that is there anything more blank and spanker than taking a lazy veiled jab on Twitter, getting shut down by big dog, and then coming back with making fun of the dude that ran for 300 yards on him. I mean, it it's really one of those things where, I mean, you just got to hang it up after that. I mean, eh. and then uh, the following day he did the whole, Oh, I was, I did. I actually meant to do that just to get you all riled up. I I, I was bad at Twitter on purpose. Uh, <laughs> he said, uh, "Hold up, where it, it was? So, it was something along the lines of I was just messing with you all. Like you and, and he's deleted those tweets, of course, too. Oh but, man, what a tool! Man, real real rough weekend for old Blank and Spanky." But I hope I hope he doesn't quit because he's a high volume shooter of va- of bad takes. He's got to keep it up. We can't we can't have those bad takes go away because that 
Oh, it's blanky. Blank and spanky. <laughs> Texter says, there's nothing better than being a girl dad. Mine is now a senior in high school, and she is still my little girl. Plus, you'll get to threaten your daughter's boyfriends on first dates, which is a lot of fun. Congrats to you and your wife, Berg Jeremy, a.k.a. one of the few people that beat you in the bracket chain. <laughs> You're, that you beat in the bracket challenge. Oh, wow. <laughs> Miami's Berg Jeremy did not have the picks. Shout out to the girls from Sacred Heart, the Valkyries. Won the Sweet 16 over the weekend. They beat Anderson County in the morning and then ran it back that night. Held on to win. Uh, it's Sacred Heart's first state championship since they rattled off three in a row back in the early 2000s. So a congrats to the Valkyries on a job well done. Getting the big dub at Rupp and bringing it back to Louisville. Was it the championship game that had the controversial no call? Ooh, I, I do not know. I, I admittedly... Got off my phone Saturday night pretty early and stayed off it for most of the day. So I, it, it could have very well been because I know they scored a bucket with less than a minute. It was like 53 seconds left to take the lead, and they hung on to it. So I'm, I'm guessing it was the championship. Yeah, there was a – the team they were playing was inbounding it, and a Sacred Heart girl just crushed the girl that was going to get the pass. And no call, no whistle, Sacred Heart basketball. Man, I got to say, too, I, it was against uh, Marshall County out in West, which Marshall County, get a better mascot. They're the Marshall County Marshals and the Marshall County Lady Marshals. Like, that's just, that's lazy. Be, be better, Marshall County. But if there's one sport where you can get away with some stuff, man, women's basketball. Hey, they they let some things go that are just horrific. I mean, it's true. You've seen some of those videos, and they're oh, just... Yeah. It's I hard was, to believe how bad in they high, are. In high school, I was a girls' basketball manager for three years. So, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you were the East Pekins manager? That's right. The best they've ever had. Wow. <laughs> what was what was the best thing you did for the team? What was your best quality was, as a manager? I was like the hype guy. So, I had a different handshake with every girl on the team. So Ooh, when they would nice. go through when they would go through layup lines and come to the end, I would be there. We would do our little handshake. Nice, I was the hype nice. guy. Did you, when you made the Gatorade, did you put in extra powder to make it more potent? Oh, no. I had I had two guys below me. They did all the grunt work. They kept the stats. <laughs> they did the Gatorade. They did the laundry. I was purely the hype man. That's all I did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We, our, our managers, they would, they because you had the pre-mixed ones that were just in a bag and you would open it and just put one in the cooler. Every now and then they'd be like, guys we made a double batch and man you get the <laughs> the double batch of the blue gatorade or the purple gatorade and i mean the sugar i mean i've got diabetes just thinking about it <laughs> hey take, hydration though take you a sip on the sideline Woo! <laughs> you didn't need no none of those uh those, those uh what are the smelling salts i mean it was, right. it, was it was basically that just in sugar form uh, Texture says, do y'all remember when that Florida beat writer said Kentucky was overrated when the 2015 team lost their last game in the Bahamas? Simpler times. It was probably Mike Bianchi. He he loves to just <laughs> tick off. He he is a hot take machine, Mike Bianchi, for the Florida Sun Sentinel. All of the retirees around in Florida that are Kentucky fans just can't stand him. And my goodness, that seems like an eternity away. That 2015. That it ooh. does, yeah. Yeah. 
Ah, like you said, simpler times. Talking to a whole fan that's already accepted they won't be any good in football about Wimsett. Wait, they won't be any good in football about Wimsett. Of oh, course boy. he used that opportunity to throw Shea at Kentucky, saying it says a lot about in-state schools with Wimsett going to Rutgers. Rutgers fans can't even figure that one out. If Wimsett waited along, he could get an offer for most ever school and he picks Rutgers. Good luck, dude. Hope Kentucky's office looks so much better this season that he'll have a change of heart. I, I don't really know where that text was going, um, but this one makes a little bit more sense. Regards of Wimsett, <laughs> usually if something doesn't make sense, there's a reason. We're going to be fine. Football, I don't worry about th- these days. Hashtag wait, what am I saying? <laughs> I, I think that's a good way to put it. If it just doesn't make sense, then there's, you know, it's happening for a reason. So best of luck to Wimsett. Uh, it wasn't meant to be. It could, and, and like you said, they, it could be meant to be in a few years from now. It could, that could change. Yeah. So. And I agree with that texter, by the way. I don't worry about football anymore either. Hashtag, wait, what am I saying? <laughs> Weird. Weird when Indiana and Kentucky are just Man. expected to be decent in football every year. It's a crazy thing. <sighs> I like it, though. I really Thanks, wish you man. could have found a way to beat Tennessee, though, in that Gator Bowl. Uh, having people talk up Tennessee like they were God's gift to football for a while just drove drove me nuts. Indiana doesn't win bowl games, Nick. Mm. It was foolish of you to think that we had a shot. When was our last bowl win? 79? Something like that? Um, I want to say we've won one. No, because we keep getting screwed every year. Yeah, it probably is. Holiday hmm. bowl. Hmm. Holiday road. Uh, Texas says, didn't Stoops play EKU in a secret scrimmage when he first came to the UK? Oh, yeah, and it did not go well. Uh, it was it was kind of his way of seeing where the talent stood, and they scrimmaged Dean Hood's team, and uh, EKU beat UK, Justin, if you, if you can believe that. I can believe it. <laughs> the Stoops... I mean, the rebuilding job, I mean, we talk about some some more times with Kentucky basketball. Man, how far they've come in football. Whoo! It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad back in the day. Just, I mean, really, really bad. Yeah, no, really. I mean, that's pretty much the point I was just making. Like, Indiana and Kentucky both have just been it's historically so bad at football. And then now to be somewhat decent, it's it's awesome. John here. Good, great Monday morning to all. Wow. I had a pretty good weekend. Went fishing, did some bowling. Plus, WrestleMania was freaking awesome. Okay. I've never been to the Kentucky Derby and was wondering, is the general admission worth a buy? It's around 75 a ticket, but on Ticketmaster, it says that you don't have a view of the track. What do you guys think? Well, got to go talk to you later. Well, John, let me tell you here now, pal. Uh, It's a great time at the Kentucky Derby. $75 is worth the price of admission. Now, here's the thing, John. It... It doesn't say there's a track view, but you walk up to the fence and the horses run right past you. Now, the turf track is in the way of the dirt track. So it's not, I mean, it's not a great view, but they also have a huge jumbotron. Um, But TJ would tell you it's not. If you've never been, it's definitely worth it. I think it'll be a great year to go this year because it won't be as crowded. So you'll be able to kind of move about a little bit better. Um, so I am, I mean, I was just, 
talking to my friends all weekend about how much we can't wait for the Derby. It's going to be here before you know it. I hope we can do some shows around the backside. If not, we just might have to do some shows off from my house, Justin, just to just to get that Derby atmosphere, you know? Yeah, I'm in. Maybe just in. go to the Wagner's parking lot and set up shop. We, we got to do something out there. I honestly cannot believe that John has never been to the Derby. I mean, this man gets up on Tuesday and goes to Cracker Barrel. He gets up on Thursday and goes fishing. This guy's just living the life, but he's never been to the Derby. Derby, oh. come on, John. It'll come it'll on. change your life, John. Just Absolutely. Yeah. I had never been before three years ago, and now I can't imagine a year missing it. It's awesome. So yeah. much fun. Uh, I, I did miss WrestleMania. Didn't watch it this year. Uh, Justin, are you? Will you watch WrestleMania or anything like that? Uh, typically, I would, but just like Easter, it snuck up on me and I forgot about it. Yeah, and doing the two night thing, I didn't trust it either. It's because WrestleMania really they just stretch those shows out for so long that it was it it was fun. I the Royal Rumble is my favorite of those events, but uh, you you were gonna get catch me staying up late to watch that, so. Yeah, no um, chance. Maybe maybe Trevor will get a WrestleMania review up on the Patreon page. I think. Knowing him, he didn't watch it either. He's all about AEW now. Yeah, and I, I bet it was one of those things, too, where he recorded it so he could fast-forward through a bunch of stuff that he didn't want to see. That's that's kind of his move, too, as of late. That's true, yeah. Justin, shout-out to the IU Baseball. They had a no-hitter against Illinois Saturday. Ironically, they gave up eight walks. Uh, I don't think that's ironically. I just that's that's like the Alanis Morissette irony, where it's not really irony. Um, But so shout out to IU baseball for throwing the no no. Shout out to UK baseball for making sure they didn't uh, for making sure they didn't get swept. They did beat LSU on Sunday, Uh, but it looks like they had a good crowd out at the KPP. I'm not sure where TJ stands. They probably did just enough to not lose him all the way. He's probably going to come back. He's lost. No, he's lost. He's he's been lost since the beginning of the season. Well, I mean, but, if you just talk to listen to him talk, he's done. He never believed. But I think they're dragging him along still. Uh, I, I think I he, bet not. I think he believes that if they they can have a series win, that he'll get completely on board. But just winning one is probably enough to drag him along. So so we'll have to ask him tomorrow. Uh, Texture says, guys, even in defeat, Spieth did make Masters history. The only person to birdie number 10 all four days. Hey. Wow. That a boy, Jordan. Man, Matsuyama went bogey free on Saturday. That's yeah. just, that that's, is, it's the only one of the whole tournament. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That was that was insane. Did you see by any chance Matsuyama's chip from the back of the walk path? Was it on 17 on Saturday? Uh, I did. I did not. I, I did so not he hits that. it probably 35, 40 yards past the green down the walkway where players would walk to the next hole. Jim Nance comes on and he's like, in all my years covering the Masters, I have never seen anybody this far behind the green on this hole. What's Mazuyama do, do? He chips it, hits it probably 10 feet before the green rolls up and on and he's within a foot. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. That's what he does. He's just yeah. what a baller. Whew. Yep. Yep. An absolute baller. Well, you are ballers for hanging out with us today. Hopefully we'll get Terry walkie back tomorrow. I might be at practice doing the show from there. Who knows? But either way, it's been a joy. If you miss any of the show, 
check us out on podcasts anywhere you get your podcasts except spotify because justin's just busy putting that off as long as possible it's never going to get done i mean trying to do my best trevor yeah it's a great trevor impression you're spot on um but we'll be back tomorrow with more kentucky roll call on the big x sports radio i'm nick rash he's justin kalen we'll see you then you righteous with one talk your psychic among no possess you with one go i'm feeling glad i got sunshine in a bag i'm useless not for long the future is coming on and happy i'm feeling glad i got sunshine in a bag i'm useless but not for long the future is coming on